Welcome to Behind the Braves, presented by Jostens, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Atlanta Braves Digital Media Content Manager, joined in my office by Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. Well, uh, Greg, I'm not going to lie, it's been a little little quiet and a little sad around here in the office the last couple of days, as it is when you, your season ends earlier than you wanted it to. Uh, I was. Th- I guess we can start here. I w- I've been thinking about this a lot the last couple of days. So we're taping this on Tuesday. The season ended abruptly on Saturday, this past Saturday afternoon. So working in baseball and particularly working in social media, here's kind of how my season goes, at least pace-wise, generally. You spend, spring training starts, and all right, things are starting to get going again. You're getting a little more active. Like, if it were a train, it's like, all right, we're, we're loading everything up on the train. You know, the conductor's making all of his last checks here. I don't know anything about how a train operates, but <laughs> whatever he would do, whatever his checklist is. And then opening day happens, it's like, all right, the train is now, we're, we're leaving the station and we're off. And as the season goes on, there's all these things going on, like you're prepping for all-star game and all-star voting and all-star push. And all the while, the team is playing every day and you are covering every game and living and dying with each pitch and then getting ready for the next thing while also handling all your daily responsibilities of we've got this many sponsored posts every month, which is... Dozens upon dozens. Oh, MLB just signed a deal with Facebook. We got to do this many short mid-range content pieces by the end of the year on Facebook, and this many reels, and and you're doing all this stuff every day while also just covering the game every day. And then you start really planning for postseason, and you're making a hard postseason push, and you're working seven days a week. And then oh, the division's close. Whoa, we were ten and a half back. Now we're right on their heels and this goes on all month and then it just comes down to the last weekend and you are just waking up thinking about the game like you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about the game waking up can't wait to go to the ballpark everything you got you're putting into it your whole life becomes invested in it seemingly you're literally it's all you can think about then the postseason gets here and you're like man this is what it's all about it takes over everything and all of a sudden bam it just stops and then you're looking around going, what, what, what do I do now? Now, this is very first world problem. That's not a problem at all. It's just it's interesting to me to think about this. This is my eighth season. That sudden stop, particularly when it's in the postseason, it's one thing if, you know, you're not having very, your team doesn't have a very good season and you know long before the season's over that the last day of the regular season is it. That's, that's one thing. But when it just when you're hoping for another deep run like we had in 2021 and it just suddenly stops, for me, it's like the freight train that I was referring to there. Like, if anybody's out there, if you've seen Back to the Future 3, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, it came out, I think, 32 years ago, so you probably should have seen it by now. <laughs> There's a part towards the end of the movie where they're trying to get this train up to 88 miles an hour so that it can go back to the future. And they throw these little, I don't know if they're like logs or some kind of flammable things that gives the train a sudden burst of energy and makes it go a little faster. When they put that last one in there, I mean, that train there is just like flame shooting out everywhere and it's flying down the tracks and then all of a sudden boom it works and then marty's back in the future the train stop and he's just sitting there still that's what it kind of feels like and for me it takes like at least a couple days for things to kind of start to feel normal again it's like your entire mind and body and everything you got is so invested in this thing and then it just stops and it's it's almost like i feel numb for a couple days Mm -hmm. and again this isn't a complaint it's just a just a weird feeling when you go from the entire day everything is based around a baseball team and what it's doing and then it's just oh now it's the off season and everything suddenly is quiet and okay well i guess we're planning for next year so 
That's me just working in baseball. So I'm curious, what is that like as a player when you are, especially when you go to the postseason and it just it just ends abruptly before you wanted it to? What is that that day like, and what are the first couple of days like? Well, it's it's pretty amazing when you think about how long the season ends, and I, I always liken it to those little balsa wood planes when you were a kid, and you would wind the propeller up, and it had a rubber band attached to the tail and you would sit there and you'd wind it and you'd wind it and you'd wind it and it would knot up and then knot up again and knot up again until you know you couldn't wind it anymore and then you let it go and it just kind of goes <laughs> right and it flies for about five ten feet and then it's done well to me the whole season is like winding that rubber band up you get tighter and tighter and tighter it gets more and more intense and of course thankfully with this organization and and when i was playing w- there were no uh seasons that wound down i mean we were always in the hunt and even the teams that i went to play for the mets and um the dodgers and the a's we were all right there either playing for a wild card i'm sorry not a wild card but trying to get in um you know to the to the postseason so it wasn't like the season just kind of winds down and falls where you see the you see the end coming and you kind of check out mentally that that never really happened during my career i always remember just going to the very end and then of course when you finally know that it's over there is some sort of um just a kind of a just a, an exhale, you know, you let everything go. And now you're looking at somewhat a normal life from the standpoint of a routine daily. That is not this uh, intense peak that, that happens around eight or nine, 10 o'clock at night. But now, you know, the kids are in school and you, you go in the off season, you think about, okay, I'm going to take a little break. And then I've got to plan out workouts and throwing again. And, and what am I going to do? We're going to go on a vacation, do some different things like that. So there's some kind of normalcy that goes, but it's very weird. That, that you know what is normal for most people seems very weird to a ball player because your whole season is planned out and where you're traveling and your home and then you're looking at spring training and figuring out and then if there's a contract or a free agent or or you have um, you know all these different things that are going on am I going to be asked to go to spring training or maybe you've got a, a minor league deal or I mean there's a, a many different variables and you know you just think about Dansby or some of these guys who are going through free agency that will really be a strange offseason where they've had a pretty normal offseason from the standpoint of who where they were going to be coming spring training think about what Freddie went through last year so there's a lot of uh, a lot of variables even in the offseason but it is really it does take a while and I remember there were several offseasons where I just felt sick for a week because the stress level had gotten so high and you'd been running at such a high, you know, energy level for so long that your body just kind of, you know, kind of revolts a little bit. And so, um, but it is, you, you, you hit it on the head. I mean, there is some point where it comes to a screeching halt and trying to adjust to that, there's really no way to do it. You just kind of wait for it to pass and then you kind of pick up the pieces and you start moving forward and, and you set your sights on, you know, what's going to happen in, in spring training and what kind of goals I'm going to make and, and all that good stuff. So it is an interesting time period, but even as a as an employee here and, and a fan, just this week in the office has been really quiet and you're like, okay, well, gosh, we don't have, I'm not pulling for anybody tonight. And, and, you know, and you kind of lose that adrenaline excitement about what's going on with the game. And of course, we've got a lot of cool things going on as an organization and sp- uh, specifically what I'm involved with growing the game initiative. We have some, still have a couple big events uh, for this year 
and then that leads right into fantasy camp, which you know you know all about. And so our our job doesn't end with the season. There's a lot of cool things that happen for us that we get to be a part of as we prepare for the end of the year and prepare for the beginning of the year. And, and I will say that with alumni relations, January is probably the biggest month of the year for me, just because fantasy camp. We have two fantasy camps this year going down to Northport, and and it is um, it's it's all hands on deck for that. So really, after January, I feel like man, everything's down from there (laughs) even though we're starting the season but this year was a little bit different just because of uh, what we've been asked to do and we're heavily involved in growing the game of softball growing the game of baseball we've got some really cool things that are happening and uh, so even though I've got a little break here just to kind of mourn you know what happened I think we all as fans we all need to mourn a little bit because we all had high expectations and weeks we thought this team was going to go deep in the postseason so there's a mourning period and then it's back to you know thinking about the future and thinking about what we got going on the rest of the season or rest of the year yeah well I say this and this is one thing that usually happens regardless of how how the season ends the last two or three nights uh, is the most I've slept in uh, in months Uh, so that's that's always part of it and there's always these weird like internal conflicts for me of physically I think my body is thankful that it's not being it's I'm not running it so intensely all day or that my mind is not running so intensely all day every day and just thinking so hard and depending on what's happening on the field and then every little move you know it's not it's not stressing too much so I think physically my body's always kind of like exhales but then there is the mental side of me that that is that mourns that you know and I you know it's funny like this year I'll, I'll tell you winning a world series ring or having a world series ring cer- certainly a cushions the blow <laughs> um, but I, I, f- I felt more bummed out for like on the on the marketing side we've got just in my eight years the best group we've ever had mm. new hires trainees it's just everybody it's it's the cliche thing of everybody's you know pulling on the same side of the rope but that we really have that this year and it's such a good group and i i find myself bummed that they don't get to experience that postseason run i find myself bummed for the players and equally you know equally the same i wanted michael harris to get to experience his first deep postseason run i think he'll get to experience it sooner rather than later but it is just that interest interesting mix of emotions and things that go on i will say this i walked yesterday uh jay chad from he you know he's the radio broadcaster uh if you haven't ever listened by the way to ben ingram joe simpson and jay chad's podcast from the braves booth they do it every week during the season go check that out they they do a phenomenal job with that but i had given jay chad a gopro which was for if we went to philadelphia and won both games and clinched you know our, our spot in the next round we started last year having a little tradition of we put a camera up in the booth for the final out of big moments and then we put that out on brave social so i gave him gopro to take with him obviously we lost both games up there so there was no footage but he came back to the ballpark yesterday to clean up the booth for the year here at truist park put some of his store some of his gear away until next season that kind of thing and um i had this moment of walking from our office here, which is kind of at Truist Park, it's kind of in the right field side. If you're familiar with Truist Park, we're kind of over in the right field corner, kind of behind the chop house. And obviously the radio booth is behind home plate. So I walked around and I was looking down at the field and I had another weird mixture of emotions where I was going, Dak on, I, I wasn't ready for this season to be over mm-hmm. with. But then I also went, man, can't wait till we're back. And I was like, you know, I think I know I'm working in the right field. If I'm already like it just ended the other day and I'm already looking forward to like, man, I can't wait till we're playing again. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm thankful for the time off and all that, but I'm really looking forward to us playing again. So with that that in mind, uh, and we want to get into all the, because you've got 
ton of stuff you're working on this offseason. Before we do, I, I did want to maybe look at what Alex and crew might be looking to do next year. And let me preface this by saying, yes, Greg and I both work for the Braves. We have zero insider knowledge or information. So for the sake of this discussion, this is Braves fans, Ricky and Greg, because they don't tell us any of this stuff, nor should they. We we have full 100% trust in Alex and his crew to do what they're going to do. But this would just be us and what we think he should do. And our opinions on the matter and we haven't shared what we think with each other either this is all or alex or alex yeah i mean if he wants i mean i got the, my afternoon is free if he wants to come down and pick my brain i don't know if that'll i don't think that would help him but um so i thought one thing that was notable recently said that terry mcgurk our chairman said recently in an interview i believe with ajc and justin toscano who did a great job this year in his first year of the braves beat shout out to justin uh he talked about how the goal for a little while had been with the the opening of Truist Park and the battery to get the Braves in top 10 team in payroll in Major League Baseball. Yeah. They've accomplished that. So he said earlier this month, I believe it was, that his next goal was to make us a top five team in payroll. Wow. So if you start looking at where we were this year, and this is, I'm using sports. Was he talking about the front office or was he talking about the team? I think he was talking about the oh, team. shoot. But it wouldn't hurt my feelings if if that would, if it meant I mean, both. It'd be a lot easier just to make us the top five front office. <laughs> well, you're, not, you're not wrong. You know, we I think should start pushing. We had a little this, campaign for that. This episode just took a fortuitous turn for your your gracious hosts here. Now that's a better, much better idea than what I was going to go with here. <laughs> Talking about the team. No, uh, <laughs> I love that idea. Centurion uh, Christmas basket. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Well, we were top 10 this year, but if you look, I think we were about eighth. And if you look at the jump from eight to five based on 2022 payrolls, they ain't a small jump. So if we're thinking or if they're thinking we're going to be in top five next year, we're going to be we could be in play for pretty much anybody. Mm -hmm. So I think number one, number one priority is shortstop. My preference would be to bring Dansby back. But if you don't, if he goes elsewhere, which is possible again, after Freddie Freeman last year, I was sure he would he would be back. After that, it was just like, okay, you just never know. They hit free agency, you just never know. Mm -hmm. So I think that's priority number one. Yeah, it looks like that um, Correa opted out. Right. Minnesota, so you got Trey Turner. Yep. And then uh, you got the young man up in Boston. Yeah. Which, you know, he'll probably end up staying there from what I hear. But um, there's four good shortstops out there. And obviously, you always like the person that you know. I mean, you know exactly what you got with Dansby. You don't know about the other, these other guys. It would be, you know, you would be finding out the first year. So you'd hope that you could land one of those four guys. Yep. I mean, if you want to – I mean, we're, we've been so spoiled with how Dansby plays shortstop. He's hitting the last two and a half years. And um, you would think that if you were going to go after anybody, if all four of those guys are equal, you'd go after the guy that you already know. I mean, the guy plays every day. He's a local kid. I mean, why wouldn't you? Unless right. they know something that we don't. But to me, that's a no-brainer because, you, you you know, those other guys are great. They're, they're all great shortstops. But I, I think, you know, lining them all up, at least over the last couple of years, you line them all up, they're all pretty much, you know, Bogarts, right? Bogarts is in. Right, is in uh, Bogarts, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm sure the guys, the people in Boston think he's the best, and maybe the people in L.A. think Trey Turner's the best. I know Trey Turner's killed us. Yeah, he's really standpoint. good. He's yeah, really I mean, good. so if he, if he always played the way he plays against us, then I think you'd probably have to take him because he bats like 700. Right. But um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's the way it works. Um, right. And I don't know much. I mean, Cray is obviously, he's had a great career, so, um, and he can hit all day long. But I think if you were thinking about these guys are all the top four, you should go with a guy you know if 
if he wants to be here you know if Dansby wants to be here and I mean you know we saw what happened with Freddie so obviously anything can happen but I would think that that would be probably the number one priority I think so and I think it has to be one of those guys that you just mentioned we're we're in a contend for World Series mode every year yeah. now and we're going to stay there for the foreseeable future mm-hmm and that's the one glaring need going into this offseason is... Starting pitcher, too. Starting pitcher, yeah. I, I think we, if we're ranking them, I'd start with, with shortstop. That's just the most oh, yeah, obvious one right? Uh, to me. And it's kind of like last year, right? Like, all right, we're Alex and team decided, like, it's just we're not going to come to an agreement with Freddie. So we have to go out and we got to replace him with, mm-hmm. with another elite first baseman, which they did, and Matt Olson. So I, it's the same to me. Like, again, preferences, bring Dansby back. But if you can't... Then you got to go out there. You yeah. can't just do a. I don't think you can do a stopgap or. A, mm. You need to go out there and you need to. It's a big loss and you need to fill it if he if he does go elsewhere. I, mm-hmm. I still think he'll be back, but I have no knowledge. I yeah. just, I'm just guessing. I have and, no clue. Yeah. So if I was to rank him, I would say shortstop, starting pitcher, and left field. But the crazy thing is, if Adam Duvall had gotten hurt, we probably wouldn't be having, wouldn't be thinking anything. He would have been starting left field for the last half of the season. Yep. And probably not, you know, probably doing great. I mean, think about the year he had in 2021, and then. You know, then he gets hurt. You know, wasn't having the best year to start, but I mean, he he was he's a great defensive outfielder, and he would have played better than what we end up getting in left field for some degree. And that's why, and he's a free agent, but I think I, I'd be willing to bet that he'll come back, mm-hmm. that they'll bring him back. Uh, he and I believe Grossman are both free agents. As of now, you've got Eddie Rosario for next year. You've got mm-hmm. Marcel. Who knows? That's another topic in of itself. Yeah. You know, what do you do with, with Marcel? I don't know. Maybe he's back. Maybe you try, Maybe they're releasing him outright. Maybe they're going to trade him somewhere to get he's a little bit of money the back. DH position, too. So, so that, that always throws a wrinkle in. But as far as a pure left fielder, Adam would be, yeah. you know, you know exactly who you're getting with Adam. He's a glue guy. You know, he's had great, you know, he's had great seasons for us, and he's done well here. Everybody likes him, so he's probably not going to be super expensive. But um, you know, he's a guy. But I think definitely, and that's we got enough to fill that. You know, left yeah. field when you think about Eddie and think about Marcel and, and even William Contreras from the standpoint of because uh, Darno's got another year, right? One more year. Yeah. And so really, you're just looking at a starting pitcher and and shortstop. There's there's some train of thought out there. I don't know if it's in the building, but I've certainly read it online and heard this that long term, what if you know Vaughn Grissom could possibly they're not sure if he's infield or maybe he could be a left field. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of with you. That's why I think Adam makes a lot of sense to bring back because you've already got guys there. You can platoon him with Eddie. I mean, Grissom all we we have a two month, you know yeah. uh, look into his into his, you know, body of work and so it's really difficult to say that this is a guy that's going to be, you know, your starting left fielder or, or even and take the place of Dansby. I just I don't think anybody in their right mind is gonna gonna try to do that. I mean, he's gonna be a wait and see whether he you know makes the jump to the big leagues and right. and as a guy that stays on the roster. But you know that Adam Duvall is one of those guys. You know that Dansby's one of those guys. And and you know I think. We still the jury's out on what's going to happen with Soroka. Soroka could sure. definitely be that that starting pitcher, that ace that you need. But I mean, for what he did at the end of the season, I mean, the the jury's out because you really don't know if he's going to come back or if, does he need a full off season and a full spring training and then you know start the year and just pitch every day. I yeah. think looking at the rotation next year, you're sure of a, four things: Max, 
Kyle Wright, Spencer Strider, and Charlie Morton. Mm-hmm. You're, you're sure of those four. Yeah. And so then if you don't bring somebody else in to fill the fifth spot, then I assume you're going into spring training with a battle between Mike Soroka, Ian Anderson, if he's healthy, Kyle Muller, Bryce Elder. Yeah. And that's not, you know, if that's the situation we go into, that that's not terrible. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm you got good three number it. ones there. You got Max and Kyle. And Strider, those are three number ones. They proved that they could be number one pitchers, right? Right. And then, um, you know, Charlie's not a number one anymore, but you know he's going to be your, he's going to be your fourth guy, and and he's going to give you quality. He could end up being a fifth guy if, if Soroka comes back. Charlie's going to be your fifth guy, and Soroka's going to be back to a num- another number one. Right. So, I mean, you're set. I don't think you know people are talking about Degrom and all that. I mean, I, I don't want to pay a guy that's going to play half the year. I, mean, right. I, I just have I have some serious issues with guys like that. Now, if he wants to be on the Clemens, you know, uh, schedule where he only pitches from June until September. But if you do that, then you're going to need to pitch every day. You're right. going to need to pitch, you know, every fifth day. But he's not proven that he can do that. So I wouldn't. That would be the last person that I would go after personally. Well, this is where the the jump potential jump in payroll. And again. This is just Braves fans, Greg and Ricky here, mm-hmm. not and we no internal knowledge. But if that is, let's say they make that jump, that's where to me that fifth, if they decide they want to go get another starting pitcher and give them look, Alex is not afraid to give somebody a lot of money for mm-hmm. one year or two years. So if you get a Verlander or Degrom or whoever whoever it is on a short term deal, I don't think I know I've seen the reports that Degrom like money's not going to be the number one thing for him, and, the, and that like to pitch closer to home in Florida, and that. You know, he grew up a Braves fan, all that stuff. Look, that's fine, but at the same time, I just don't know. At the end of the day, how much of a discount can one person really take? So, I, but I don't know. Who mm-hmm. knows? But if that there, if there's a lot of money there, like if you can sign a Dansby or a top shortstop, and then you got money for another top starting pitcher mm-hmm. on a high annual short term deal, go for it. Now, all that being said, I think I would go shortstop first. I honestly, for me, I think relief pitcher would be my next thing down because Ken Lee's a free agent. Matzik's out for the whole Matzik's year. Matzik's out for the whole year. Luke is a free agent, I, I and he's coming off Tommy John. I, I'd be willing to bet that somebody will bring back, and I hope mm-hmm. we bring back. I just... The way the game is played nowadays, and especially once it's you get to It's hard to believe Luke's a free agent. I know. I know, right? He's, yeah. What about AJ? Uh, AJ's not a free agent yet, so he'll be well, – he's going to be – That's right. He's spent a lot of time. He did some up and downs. And you've got Iglesias there who's more than proven he can be your closer. Mm-hmm. And maybe he will be. So maybe if they don't bring Kenley back, then you slide Iglesias into your closer role. I still think you got to, especially when it comes to postseason, you and the way the game is played now, you've got to have look at look how we won the World Series in 2021. You had the night shift. You had four guys. Yeah. You had four guys that were coming in mm-hmm. every night. That if you got to through the fifth inning in a postseason game, you had the lead. It was game. It was game over. Yeah. Well, that's the formula nowadays, yeah. right? So you you got to have more than more than five guys down there who can who can be lights out from the fifth inning on because there's no guarantee your starters even going five innings. You know they're going five. If they do five, then it's kind of like oh okay I've done my job and then they move on to six seven eight nine. So yeah, you're right. You've always got to keep adding to the bullpen. If you're going to lose Kenley, then you've got to add somebody. Yep. You know closer closer. Uh, you know, type guy. Because, you know, they're all, all those guys, AJ could, you know, he's a closer type guy. He just happened to be in the seventh inning. And then Iglesias, you know, was the eighth. And then you had Kenley in the ninth. So you got to replace those. And Matzik was was uh, made to be one of those guys anytime between the sixth and the eighth, you know, from the left side. And so, yeah, I agree with you. There, he's always going to add. Alex is always going to add to the bullpen. I don't yeah. think you ever get enough of those guys, at least nowadays. 
it seems like the the starting rotations get set, but the bullpen just you keep adding whatever you can add, and as 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 deep as you can get, the better. One of the more shocking moments of my Braves social media career here was when we got the got the text back in uh, in Northport back in uh, in March, I guess it was, where uh, it's we've signed Kenley Jansen, and I had to like rush out of the restaurant I was in and get back to the hotel to my computer to make graphics and all that kind or get get press release and, and get our crew, wonderful creative team to make the graphics and all that kind of stuff because I that just came out of nowhere and I sure. never saw it. and. He had his rough stretch, as every closer always does. Still, didn't he but, lead the league? In but but, look, but he, his last 11, 12 appearances, yeah. I mean, he was, I don't know, would he maybe give up one run? The last dozen or so appearances, if that was great. Led the Let, league in saves. Let's put it in comparison. Okay, so Matt Olson bats 168 in September. You don't hear a squad about him. But Kenley has about, you know, six or seven rough games still leading the league and saves and they want to get rid of him. Right. So, I mean, let's, let's compare apples with apples. I yeah. mean, it's not, um, people will always point to the bullpen and I'm, I'm obviously, uh, you know, a little jaded because I pitched in the bullpen. So I know right. you can never do enough. You would have to be perfect. And then they would love you. Starting pitcher can go out there, pitch four innings and they clap when they come off the field because right. they pitch four innings. Right. <laughs> a reliever goes out there and, and, you know, they don't do their job time, you know, day in and day out and they're booing them. So it, it's just the nature of the job. It's like the lineman in football. As long as I don't see you mess up, then you're doing fine. But uh, so that's just kind of the way it is. But Hey, I'll tell you what, one, look, what about the science? that Alex had with Colin McHugh. Oh, yeah. What an unbelievable – now, he had a really shaky start, but, man, what a great year he ended up having, and that was a tremendous sign. And he's going to be back. He signed a multi-year deal. Yep. And so you got a guy there that can pitch the fifth, he can pitch the sixth, he can pitch the seventh. And, um, you know, I don't – the formula that he has of getting people out, throwing multiple different sliders and cutters and and fastballs, I I was very impressed with him. I wasn't sure because I hadn't seen him pitch a lot earlier in the season, but then as the year went on, I, I was more and more impressed with the kind of work that he did and it can go multiple innings at a oh, time yeah. if needed oh, yeah. and so that's why i think i, I i'd love I, I would be willing to bet plan a is to try to bring kenley back but if not then i assume you slide iglesias kind of into that close role and then you got to go out and find another McHugh. you got it i mean you can't there's always you're always going to be adding guys you know and you're always hoping for a guy like Jackson Stevens to kind of just pop or up or a Tyler Matzik two years ago to kind of mm-hmm. just they find something and they get it going and then you add the but you need to go out and get if you lose Kenley you got to fill that role somehow with another big arm somewhere and there's always you know they've shown they're, they're willing to spend money well now, Glacius you know, was a Luke, trade Luke was as good as it gets he was if he's coming back I mean he's filthy and he showed that he's one of those guys that would plug in in the seventh eighth or ninth yeah and now, he's he's coming off Tommy John so you don't really know you know, this first half of the season, may he may struggle a little bit, but boy, he's got as good a stuff as anybody. Yeah, I think he's a big. I think he's he's been here long enough now too. He's definitely he's always strikes me as kind of a glue guy, a guy that's mm-hmm. kind of a leader yeah. of that group too. Yeah, they love him. They love him. So I, that would make a lot of sense. So I, shortstop and bullpen are my first. My those are my first two. If you can add another big starting, like a big arm to the rotation, awesome. I would love that. Always go get me more pitchers. Go get yeah. me more pitchers. Oh, always, yeah. exactly. you know. But how how lucky are we if you look at the the lineup and then getting ready for for us to tape this today? I was looking around the just at the lineup. I'm like, it's shortstop and it's maybe somebody in left field. And other than that, everything's 
set, which is amazing. Alex has done the work. I yeah. mean, he signed our center fielder. He signed a right fielder. Our second. I mean, we didn't talk. We didn't get the benefit of Ozzy yeah. all year, and he was hurt most of the year. So he didn't have the kind of year we expected from him. You know, Olson pretty much did what he could do, and Dansby and and um, Austin. You know, really dropped off at the end, but. He's a quality guy. I think he'll obviously he'll bounce back. I don't know what was going on with him and why he just went into a slump at the wrong time, but that that happens in baseball sure. sometimes. And then Darno's Mr. Clutch all over. I mean, he between him and Olson, those guys is as clutch as it gets. Yeah, just from hitting wise, I mean, the division series is those two guys and Acuna were pretty much. Yeah. I mean, they were about the only ones sitting. I'll, I'll give R.C. a little bit of love because he did have some hits there. But, well, we you all watch the DS. You know what yeah. happened. We You know, we, we it, it is what it is at this point. But I, I will say how uh, how lucky are we that we are, we're with an organization and are fans of an organization where, all right, that, that season, that the ending to that was a bitter pill, but mm-hmm. we know we're going to be back in contending yeah. next year. And, and we've got a front office that's really going to put us in great shape. So That does help. Yeah. It does help to have to know that you've got this big core coming back. And, you know, it was just unfortunate because there were, you know, two thirds of your lineup went cold. Yep. Right. And then um, your starting pitchers didn't didn't really show up except for Kyle. Yeah. Your ace was looked like to me still whatever he had the flu. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was not 100 percent that first game. He was not not Max Freed. Kyle did everything he could do. Strider. I mean, I give him all the credit for he the first couple of innings. He looked like Spencer Strider. And then, you know, he just dropped Self-inflicted. off. Yeah. Yeah. Just well, did. maybe that error uh, cost him. Maybe mentally, yeah, he lost it. But uh, somebody said that maybe he dropped some velocity. I didn't, I didn't notice it. But I mean, nowadays they, they don't seem to let you pitch unless you're 100. percent So I don't know what was going on. But I do know this: that once you've been injured, there's something that happens. You're just not as sharp. If you've been injured, you get out of your routine because you know you think about it, you're pitching every five days. Every five days, you're getting a routine. Then all of a sudden, you get hurt. Now you're spending time treatment. You're spending time in the training room. You're spending time wondering mentally it's a grind and then you come back and you and you're made to perform at a high level it is difficult injury even though he may have been a hundred percent still your routine got out of whack yeah. you know you didn't pitch you're not as sharp you've taken all these days off and then you've had so much treatment you had to work on that uh you just can't be the same pitcher so i mean for two innings he did but you know f- unfortunately the game's played over nine innings right and and we're asking him to go five six seven innings and he gave us two really good innings and that was it yeah. so um things seem to unravel pretty quickly but and you got to give the Phillies credit they they did everything no matter where they hit the ball it ended up in the in the place where we weren't or if they broke a bat or if they jammed shot or whatever it ended up in the right spot I was watching them thinking man this feels like watching the 2021 Atlanta Braves where man they're just knocking the crap out of the ball and even the ones they're not knocking the crap out of they're hitting it mm-hmm. in the right spot I mean all the credit in the world too I mean they I mean our guys said it I think Dansby said we got outplayed got out pitched just everything we'll and, see if it continues yeah I mean, it'd be interesting i mean can everything go right the whole postseason well it pretty much did for us last year so yeah. it could have happened to the phillies yeah but i mean the padres are right there too and uh, of course the astros are back and we'll see what the yankees do this afternoon i found myself saying something that i've heard snit say a lot over the years and it's like such a basic common phrase but i found myself saying it 
because he's just it's so true it's like it is so hard to win win it all and just to just winning all those baseball games it's so hard timing wise so many things have to be correct the breaks more more than not need to go your way mm-hmm. and it just it was a this this was a but not just us either the dodgers i mean watching these couple of series the even in the wild card series the cardinals and, and philly series it just it is so hard especially as we talked about a couple times the shorter the series in the postseason it's just anything can happen yeah but it's just man is it, it's hard it made it made me appreciate that much more what the 2021 Braves did and how what an incredible feat that was yeah. uh, that, that they did. So I will say, I think that a full off season for a number of guys, I feel like will be beneficial. First of all, obviously, the health-wise, this will be the first normal, quote-unquote, offseason Mike Soroka's had since yeah. coming into 2020. So a long time. So we'll see how that, that, that does for him. Olsen, no injuries, but I have to feel like a full off season of actually after having been here and getting his getting his feet on the ground and settled. Not that he didn't have a, a, a really good year, he did, but I would imagine that he'll be even that much better for he's like okay, he's been here for a year now mm-hmm. and he's probably settled in. Just a, a lot of guys, Max, you know, can come back. Well, all all of the pitchers, Strider will have a full off season. Kyle has got guy. If you're Kyle Wright, you got to be feeling great about the year you just had, and I would expect nothing less next year. So I think a full off season for a number of our Guys yeah, some of these young guys will need to see how they adjust. Yeah, because it seemed like that there were some major adjustments to Mike. You know, later in the season. And he didn't adjust back, you know, for how pitchers were throwing him. So I don't know if there was something going on there with him, but he certainly didn't finish the season very strong. It was, are we talking uh, about Michael Harris? Oh, Michael Harris. Okay, really sorry. Really struggled yeah. towards the end. So we'll see what happens with him. But you know, the, and the, you know, Austin signed a long-term contract. Michael Harris signed a long-term term contract strider signed the contract so now they don't have to worry about that anymore i mean they're they're done they're done for seven eight nine ten years they don't have to worry about contracts so now they can just focus on what they need to do to to make adjustments get healthy think about what pitchers are doing to them you know because clearly there's two guys there two hitters that really struggled so figuring out i'm sure that's on their mind maybe they just need to get away from it but it's not like i mean austin's been through it you know a few yeah. times but he just got into a funk and so it, it will be it will be interesting to see how um, their perspective changes, if anything. It may not be. They may just stay right at it the way they are, and they'll just keep pounding away, and they'll come back and, and hopefully be refreshed and ready to go in spring training. Well, I, I, I'm very – just this whole discussion about – you know, I love hot stove season. I really do, mm-hmm. especially when you're a contending team and you know that your front office is going to be active. Uh, the social media side, I always get a kick out of when the last out of the World Series happens. If you're, if we're not playing in it, I can check Twitter and our mentions and everything, and all of them, all the fans, right? The last out happens, and all the fans are right there going, mm-hmm. "Okay, Braves, it's time." Like you know, well, there'll be some re-signed Dansby's and all that kind of stuff, as there should be, because that's what that's what fans do. But everybody is immediately like, "Okay." How soon can we sign free agents? Five days from now? Okay, let's go. Let's go. So mm-hmm. it'll be fun. I think it'll be a really fun offseason. It'll be just interesting from a baseball perspective to see how they what the front office does. You wonder if the fans will be a little bit more hesitant because it was all about, you know, re-signing Freddie last year. And now it's like, okay, we're I don't know if we're going to get so bought in on Dansby because we don't know what could happen. We can lose somebody. Because you think, I mean, as much as everybody loved Freddie and being yeah. a part of this organization for a long time, it hurt a lot of people that he did not sign back here. So I would imagine that uh, some people are a little hesitant to jump on the bandwagon. Uh, it won't be Dansby. quite the, the – the, the furor won't quite be – 
or the level, the intensity level there quite, I don't think, I don't, I don't think it'll ever reach that, that level again just, just because. But we'll see. I, I, you never know. But I think the good news is that we're all passionate and we all want to see the front office make the moves that they need to make. And I know that they will. So it'll be, it'll be fun to see. In the meantime, listen, we, we might be like that season might have just ended. And as we've said, it's a little quiet in the office this week. But I've already, in my head, I'm like, all right, I'm already starting to think about 2023 and stuff we got to do in the offseason and, and getting excited for that. And then, I mean, just because the, the 2022 team season ended on the field, Greg McMichael's season is just getting started. <laughs> you got all kinds of stuff going on. So what growing the game, I know, has been a big deal for you. So what, what all events do you have coming up here? Yeah, so November 13th, we have the first ever Georgia Dugout Club all state uh, games so we're taking the top 80 seniors in uh, high school uh, fast pitch softball they're being nominated as we speak and then they're going to be put on four teams and they're going to play actually at truest park so it'll be the first time we've ever done that we're going to turn it into a softball venue and uh, looking forward to that so we'll be playing softball all day come out and check us out um, you can go to the uh, georgia dugout club website and get your tickets for that if you haven't, if you've never watched, if you're out there and you're a big baseball fan, but you've never really watched a fast pitch softball, it is really, it's a great, great sport. I highly recommend it. Even if you just want to check it out on TV sometime next year when the college, like the Women's World Series, the Softball mm-hmm. World Series, watch it. It's awesome. I, I'm One of the many things I'm fortunate with having little sisters that both played is, and they played softball for six or seven years, and I loved watching it. So it's youth softball, girls softball, mm-hmm. college, it, it's great. So I highly recommend, you know what, that would be a good chance to come on out and check it out here at yeah. Truist Park. I think that'd be that'd be great. Well, the GHSA state championships start next week down in Columbus, so we're going to be going down there to hang out, watching. I think um, someone on our staff is going to be throwing out the first pitch. Yeah, so we'll be down there, and then right after that, they're going to pick the uh, the top eighty girls, and so okay. uh, they'll come here at Truist Park on November thirteenth. We'll play, and uh, they'll hand out awards. We're going to do a home run derby, but we'll be here all day. I think the game start first one's at nine o'clock, and we'll be done till six. Nice. So we have four games. So come out and check us out. It'll be a lot of fun. And then at the end of the year, in December, uh, December 10th, we're going to be doing a coaches clinic for all the all the high school coaches in the state of Georgia, baseball and softball. So we'll be doing the Georgia Dugout Club's coaches clinic. It's presented by Nike. And I've got Tony Vitello coming to speak from the University of Tennessee. Nice. And then we've got some of our own coaches from uh, Kevin Seitzer, uh, Rick Kranitz, uh, Eddie Perez, uh, Mark Wollers. So we've got uh, some other um, of our alumni and coaches that are going to be here doing a coaches clinic for all the um, high school coaches. So real excited about that. That's going to be going on in uh, in December. And so, yeah, we'll finish out the year with that, and then we'll immediately go right into fantasy camp uh, January 10th through the 15th and 17th through the 22nd down in Northport, and it'll be all hands on deck for that. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's going to be our, our buddy Kevin McAlpin's going to be yeah. there for the first week, yeah. right? Yeah, he's he's going to be my MC and participating in the 10th through the 15th. He is, uh, I know from talking to him in the press box, he is beyond excited. Yeah. I can't wait to get down there, so that's going to be yeah. fun. I've you got know. Paul Bird coming the second week, so he'll, you know, nice. typically Brian Fenneran goes, and he's from 6A to the fan, but Brian can't go this year, so i got Birdie coming down, and he's going to um, help me with... Uh, with camp, of course, we've got all kinds of. We do have some new new names coming to fantasy camp: Kyle Farnsworth, Mike Rimlinger, Mike Hampton. We've got Mike Devereaux from the World Series team, uh, Brett Butler from the '82 wow. Division Championship team. Yeah, so we've got we've got 
a bunch of new guys coming in for fantasy camp. Real excited about them. And uh, Mike, uh, Matt Diaz. It's going to be coming back. One of my all-time favorite yeah, Braves. Maddie, That's cool. Maddie's great. So real excited about having two camps this year, and we'll uh, we'll have a great time down there in Northport. I will personally give ten American dollars to any camper who charges the mound at Farnsworth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's six four two sixty five. So uh, he's a big boy. And I've seen some. Yes, I've seen some pictures of him on social media here recently. Yeah. He's he has not spent his retirement eating donuts. <laughs> no. I'll tell you that. Yeah, he went from playing to playing football, and then now he's bodybuilding so yeah well that's cool that's that's a mm-hmm. so that's a lot of new blood and the coaches went yeah. this year and then yeah. you'll have a lot of returning guys right? yeah so we got you know terry pendleton and uh, sid bream charlie brant denny nagel so we got a lot of guys like that pete smith and uh, marcus giles so we'll have plenty of guys <laughs> back that uh that are, are longtime fantasy camp coaches i enjoy watching coach marcus giles at <laughs> fantasy camp he's quite he's 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 quite a character he's uh, yeah quite the team favorite <laughs> <laughs> he is. well i love seeing uh the now that i've gotten to go to camp a couple times and the campers were kind enough to let me allow me into the uh, facebook group the fantasy mm-hmm. campers facebook group and it's really cool to see it's very active and just to see how much they're all they're chatting about the games or they're all meeting up somewhere they're mm-hmm. going to a game together or they're just oh, they're out all somewhere over the all over the place all over the country and it's 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 really cool it's a special group and so we have over a thousand people on uh braves fantasy uh let's see what is it the facebook page braves fantasy camp mm-hmm. facebook page and um of course we don't run that but uh one of our camper long long time camper uh is and and they're always talking. I mean, they're doing conference calls and talking about camp. And I tell everyone that signs up, I said, hey, go on the, the Fancy Camp Facebook page and just say, hey, I'm coming to camp in January. Uh, you got any advice? I mean, you'll <laughs> yeah. everything you need to know, they, they, they sell it way better than I do. And um, they, they help out all the new campers, all the rookies. They help them be prepared for camp. So it's a, it's a pretty cool group. And I've, I've loved getting to know them and their families and look forward to it every year in January. Cool. It's always a good time down there and look forward to it, especially you've got two camps going this year. That's yeah. awesome. And, my, cool. and I will say this. My dad used to come to camp and participate, and so uh, he can't do that anymore, but he's coming back as my assistant this year. Nice. So he's going to be the assistant GM, and he's going to be at this second camp, which is 17th to 22nd. I know he's really looking forward to seeing everybody. Well, that's and I know great. He's a, he's a listener, so uh, shout cool. out to Big Al. Yeah, there you go. Big Al, okay. We should have Rick and Big Al on sometime. <laughs> yeah. This off season. We'll, set, we'll get them both in a room. We've got, we got four headsets. Yeah. Just let them talk. I, I think know. that'd be fun. I've never even met your dad. I know. I, well, he'll be down here in March for the wedding. Okay. Uh, apparently, I've, <laughs> I discovered upon the, the brave season ending, apparently I suddenly have a lot more time for wedding planning. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, really excited. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, <laughs> hey, shout out to Jostens, by the way, for sponsoring us all year on Behind the Braves. As I mentioned, you heard me say a little earlier, having a World Series ring certainly cushions the blow of an early exit uh, the next year. Uh, but it, in all seriousness, I, I 
to bring in a little full circle here, uh, you're invited to the wedding. So mm. if you can make it, and a few other people here from the Looking office, forward to that. Those of us that are that I've invited the, from the office, and everybody that can make it, I do want to get a picture uh, at my wedding of all of us wearing our uh, our oh, World really? Series rings. Okay. If we if we can, no, you don't have to wear it. But I I'm so proud of that Justin's uh, World Series ring. And again, uh, just because our season's over, Braves.com. I'm sorry, Justin's.com/slash/Braves. Got ahead of myself there. You can go there and still get some some cool merch uh, inspired by the 2021 World Series team and ring. Insung Kim and Justin's did an amazing job designing that ring. It's it's we were actually just Ben Ingram and Kevin McAlpin and I were on. Uh, there's a website out there that has pictures of every single World Series ring in history and even before they were making rings like like teams depending on the year would get like a pocket watch or something like there's a pretty cool visual history of what the the world series winner every year has gotten and um i'll put uh, that 2021 ring against any of them mm-hmm. it's just beautiful and you can get all kinds of merch uh, inspired by it at jostens.com slash brave so thank you very much to them for sponsoring us this year it's been a cool partnership uh and thank you to all of you out there for listening rating reviewing subscribing we very much appreciate you and season's over but uh behind the braves isn't going away we're We'll, we'll be here just uh, shooting the breeze every week, and hopefully we'll have some cool guests. And uh, maybe if I'm nice enough, Greg will let me come back to fantasy camp and talk to some campers again. We'll see. For sure. We'll see how it goes. But now we're looking forward to it. Thank you all for listening. For Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast. We'll see you next time.